right, let's get into this. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Sideliners podcast. There's a lot to talk about. Let's have a moment of silence for the Seattle Mariners if, as uh, you have just entered our conversation that we just started having. It's a sad day. Are you guys at? Are you bummed? Let's yeah. just start off with that. I know we, we want to talk Seahawks, and I think well, let's get the Mariners stuff out of the way. That way we can get into something a little bit brighter because I honestly, I saw that. I saw the, the tweets coming in and stuff. And it legit made me sad. Yep, me too, man. So if we, you don't know what we're talking about, Sam, go ahead. Tell, tell them what we're talking about. Shohei Otani. That's all. The Japanese phenom. Phenom. Superstar. Of the Japan. next great thing. A two-way player. Two-way player that pitches fire and bats fire. And I walk me through what the Mariners did to try to, you know, and just in case you know nothing about baseball and you're like, who the heck is this and what this name is? I walk, walk me through, walk us through what the heck the Mariners did to try to persuade this guy. So in essence, I think they've been looking at him for a while now. And uh, when they found out that they were, they were going to post him, his J- Japanese team, um, they did anything possible to get what's called international pool money. And that's basically money allotted to each team that they can use to go out and get players that are not from the USA. So right. Dominican players, uh, J- Japanese players, or just players from anywhere. And these guys, the Mariners basically moved heaven and earth to acquire more of that money. They became the the team that could give him the most and when i say that it, it means in signing bonus he's going to start with like 500k a year which that's a steal yeah. Th- so for this guy it's not even about the money clearly um he takes like 2.3 million to sign with them and now he's going to make the minimum so we did everything we could we made trades we gave up a couple of our prospects mm-hmm. to try to get this guy and it, and it just it didn't happen honestly that makes me feel like I don't know if you guys have ever, like, been dumped by a girl or anything like that. <laughs> have you guys ever been dumped by a girl? Yeah. So this makes me feel yeah. like, excuse me, this makes me feel like the girl's like, oh, it's not you. It's it's me, you know? It's me. And then she goes off, and she goes off with, like, this better, like, this jock, you know, because I was never the jock. So I always imagine it like this girl just said, oh, no, it's uh, it's not you. It's me. And then she goes off with this like six foot five tall, dark and handsome homie who's like the captain of the football team and stuff. That's that's what happened yeah. to Seattle. But in this case scenario, she didn't go with a jock. She just went with a little <laughs> a guy that looks the same as you and is probably like an inch taller only. Right. Because they're only two wins better. Yeah. And. Even then, two wins better in baseball is is it's nothing. It's not like in football. Two wins better in football, you're two wins better. That's that's a substantial amount. But because it's 162 games, you're basically the same. And I'm even going to go as far as to say the Angels overperformed last year. Mm-hmm. They exceeded expectations. They're not a good baseball team. Yeah. If you're Jerry Depoto, obviously he feels bad. But a part of me is kind of like, man, come on. Like you have to get this guy. Yeah, you have to like. Especially you just when he went out and said it was his top priority. Right. It's like you. Not only did did he did he say that, but they like like you were saying like, like they moved heaven and earth and hell to try to get this homie. Yeah. And then somehow we still didn't get it. Like some of the responsibility has to fall on Jerry Depoto. I just think it has to. It's a G. He's the GM. He's making all the money. So I think some of the blame has to be him. I think some somehow the approach or something that maybe is not being told to the media or anything like that of how things went down. Honestly, I think some of it has to do with that. I don't know what you guys. And in think. the end, you know, there was only going to be one winner, obviously, in this, yeah. this scenario. But I just read. Really I mean, it was do you guys think he could have saved some some slack or some some of the criticism he may be getting if he didn't 
you know, announce it as as or make it such a high interest situation as much as he did. You know, if he would have just said, hey, we're going to try our best. Yeah, I don't think that honestly makes me so mad. What makes me mad is that now we have this center fielder or the second baseman who's never played center field, y'all. Like we were fine. We didn't need this guy. Now I'll oh, take I'll take I'll take him because he's great. But we really think about it, dude. We didn't need him. And we Why did not? it. Huh? Why not? How did because we not he, need him? He doesn't even we have a center fielder. We he don't. doesn't even, we don't he have doesn't any even play. Field. We don't have any center fielder. Who was it? Dyson Jared Dyson? It was Jared Dyson on a one year deal. That didn't pan out. Uh, I don't know. I just think we we we're we're putting all of our eggs in one basket with this homie. And we don't even know we don't even know if he's gonna be great out there. Let's be honest. You're he has a bat because he's converting into another position. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. I can agree with that. Well, he, here's the thing. I think he's gonna be he's gonna become more of a super utility player. So in essence, he's gonna still play second base when they'll move Robbie Cano to DH whenever he needs days off. It just gives you flexibility in your lineup to still have Robbie Cano. You can slide him to DH, put D Gordon at second base. You can slide Gene Segura to DH whenever he wants a day off, and slide D Gordon in there. So it's for me, it's more of a super utility guy, and the the dude is. Probably the second fastest guy in the league, probably second only to Billy Hamilton. And this guy's averaging, like the last three seasons, 60 stolen bases Mm -hmm. a year. That's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And it's a testament to what Jerry DePoto tries to bring to the Mariners. So you guys know that Safeco Field is a pitcher's ballpark. Right. So not a whole lot of... Home run hitters are attracted to and that. Could even have some say in why Otani didn't want to come. I, who's to say, right? But then he's a pitcher too, though. So well, he's a pitcher. <laughs> so in that sense, you know, it would have made sense. But um, what I what I think Depoto is trying to do, and uh, I have no doubt that they wanted to make this move regardless of the international pool money or not. You really think that? Oh yeah, I don't think so. No, I think so. I. There, listen to this podcast called The Wheelhouse Podcast, and it's Aaron Goldsmith and Jerry DePoto. Uh-huh. So he has his podcast, and he kind of discusses what is going on through the offseason. And right. that was one of the things was to pick up a center fielder um, through free agency or through a trade. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did. Now, it worries me, it does, that he's not a center fielder, but I'm not overly worried because in the end we have a solid outfield if something backfires we we can move pieces around to solidify we we got young guys like Guillermo Heredia Ben Gamble uh, Mitch Hanniger who all have played the outfield exceptionally well mm-hmm. and that kind of like you said it sums up what what happened this today was big news and I think to end this topic I think the toughest part of this is that or the main takeaway is that it's a disappointment, obviously. It's tough we're not going to have him. Yeah. And I think the toughest part, even aside from that, is that we're going to have to watch and play against this guy. 19 times. For a, for a long time. For As a fan, I mean, time. maybe that's kind of cool, but that, I mean, being a, C, uh, a, a Mariners fan. Do you guys want him to fail? I, Be I don't want to wish that on I don't want. I don't want to wish that on anybody. I do. To be honest with you. Yeah, I do. I hope he's trash. You really think so? I hope he's legit trash. I like hope a that, bust. Yeah, I hope that when he pitches against the Mariners. So here's one knock on him. Sure, he can. He, he averages 97 miles an hour, but his fastball has no dip, no run to it. If straight. he's just going to rely on his heat, welcome yeah. to the majors. You're not going to make it. Yeah. But I'll take his upside. That's why I really wanted him was because of his upside. But who's to say? I mean, there's been it's been 50-50 with a lot of the uh, Japanese players, yeah. star players. You know, right. obviously we hit on Ichiro. Hall of Famer, but there's been other guys that haven't panned out so well. That is true. 
So that is we'll true. see. Homie Ike is petty over there. No, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm salty. One one of my friends is an Angels fan and he started sending me things like oh, you're salty. And you know what? I think I have the right to be salty, man. Well, yeah. We could have had this guy that's considered a franchise cha- changer. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm gonna look at this in a positive way and I'm gonna look at it as in this offseason, we didn't get worse. The Mariners actually got better. We got a first baseman. We're going to quit it with that platoon type of thing. We got right. a young guy in Ryan Healy who hits 20-plus home runs above 280. Don't sleep on that move. A lot of people don't see that because— Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Um, we're getting better, but the competition got even better than that. And that's I what, wouldn't like, say so. Like if Okay, the Angels have Mike Trout. Probably the best player in baseball, arguably top three at least for uh-huh. sure. And then they got this Otani guy who who is probably going to be if he pans out with his upside top five. All right, we can say that. And mm-hmm. he's a two way guy, so he does so much for you. But if you look position wise everywhere else for and you compare the Angels to the Mariners, I would still say the Mariners are better. Uh, and just to give you some perspective. The Angels before Otani were a fifty to one chance to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. The Mariners were a thirty to one. Yeah. Now they're both thirty to one. And and I'm not gonna go as far as to say that the Angels are are gonna be the top of the league. I think they're gonna be competing for second place right there alongside the the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And now, what do you think Houston's gonna do? They're gonna be great. You think they, so? they've set themselves up and they've done this the right way and. You know, they, they built through their farm system and they have a bunch of young guys under control. And so they're just going to continue to be be great, uh, unfortunately. If they, get, if they get Giancarlo Stanton? They're, oh, so. I know that, you said earlier that the Yankees are the top. I th- and I think the Yankees, you know, the, the rich will get richer. But if they do. If the Astros yeah, were to get them, yeah. If the Astros were to get them, they're, they're they're already basically almost over the top. So if the Astros get them, that's game. Uh, count them as repeats. But I, I really think he's gonna go with the Yankees, which I think is lethal. You know, they they get the two best power hitters in baseball, and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Wow. So I think what you're seeing here is is kind of what happens in the other leagues. American League is far better than the National League. Same with basketball. Obviously, the West is better than the East, and in football, the NFC is better than the AFC. Yep. So you can see that happening. Yeah. Well, let's get into some uh, football talk. That's the um, that's the sad news of the day. The good news of the day, though, is that the Seahawks got a W against the team that we honestly we we, we were believe. honest. We did not believe, and I will say I was one. Of, I I Me tweeted too. it, man. I, I was like, I'm sorry. I am ashamed that I doubted on my team. But if we're being honest, everything on paper was kind of panning not our way you know what i mean yeah i forgot what the what the under was on that and but we were the underdogs you know we were underdogs yeah like six point underdogs I right think. and i want to play you guys one of my favorite um one of my favorite one of my favorite plays from that game um let's see if i can find it um i had it right up here we're doing the live right now um, but it was one of my favorite plays, and it just got me so excited. And I'm glad that Russell Wilson, a magician, is just doing amazing work. And I'm not gonna find it. This is an old clip, so never mind. Um, one of the I had one of the touchdown plays uh, queued up here, but I don't have it anymore. So, but um, what what did you guys take away? What did we do right? Everything. Nah. No. Honestly, come on. We, no, we ran the ball really well considering the opponent and how good they've been against the run. So I think that was great, man. Um I wasn't a big believer in Mike Davis, but he looked he looked really well. Man, free uh, Mike he Davis. Like he played really well and 
man, I think the highlight player of the night or the game changer, honestly, was that pitch back from Russell to to Mike Davis. And did you guys see what and, they were saying? Yeah, uh, that it, it was wasn't a Galilean transformation. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. That it was a forward pass, and but honestly, man, it was it was a. It was just a great play, and that kind of summarized the whole night. Russell was great, and Mike Davis showed up. And, and things in, went our in way. one play, that's a microcosm of that entire of that entire game. Right. I, th- I think the biggest thing that went right for us is we we started off fast. Yeah. Which just we, like I we, said, we, I wanted to see. You said that last yeah. week, and and it happened, and and that doesn't ever usually happen um, with the Seahawks, but they started off really fast and really good, and I think that just set the tempo for the whole night. Obviously, the the clink up bumping and and we'll give him a hard time and so I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that went right for us uh, another thing was the red zone we went three for three in the red yep. zone mm-hmm. I feel like we tend to struggle in the red zone but you know we're, we're using Jimmy Graham the way he's supposed to be used scored yet again Man, um, and and yeah and so this team I think uh, we're seeing what we have seen in the past they're just starting to turn it up in the fourth quarter Right. And I think one of the things that I also saw that that was huge, that was crucial. And I don't know if you guys remember the point, but they play some clean football, man. They weren't all those stupid mistakes that they make. They didn't make them. No turnovers in the game, right? No. Turnovers. No. no. Yeah. And and even even the, the, the it looks like it looked like the, the, the I know people always say this about the Seahawks, but it looks like the rest were working on our side, man. <laughs> Sometimes it is luck. You got to admit it. Yeah. And, and we cut back on the penalties. We cut back on the penalties. We played clean. And it just so happened that the other team decided not to. Yeah. You know? And I think one of the things that we're probably sleeping on, too, is the defense, man. They showed up. you got to remember that they these did. guys, we got McDougald in there. We got uh, Shaq, who was hurt a couple games. Yeah. Byron Maxwell just got signed. These guys are only going to get better, if, we, if we're if we being honest, you know? They're, they're getting used to playing with each other. They're only going to improve from what they've been showing. Right. And this game here against the number one offense in the league, I think it was a great showing. And I think we're only going to get better from that. So that, right. that was a great... Um, Great thing to see because we're gonna need that defense to stop opponents like that in the playoffs. Definitely going forward. And I got I got an audio clip of one of the one of the I would say the defining defensive moments of the night for me anyway when I was watching the game was this and it was also one of the mistakes and I think this game was a lot closer than the score led on oh, to be. Yeah, definitely. Because mm-hmm. a couple of if, if they can if the Eagles fix a couple of the mistakes that they made. Then this this would be a, potentially a different game, but, but um, check out this audio for this this play here. And if he had not fumbled the ball, and if our defense had not caused this, yeah, I think the game might have been a little bit different. Would have been Wentz from the shotgun, a slot to the far side, the handoff to Blunt. No, it's a play fake, and Wentz keeps it, and he fights his way. He fumbles the ball in the end zone. It's out of the back of the end zone. Did Wentz cross the goal line with the ball in his possession, or did he fumble touchback. it? I think he fumbled it. It's a touchback. And the Seahawks are going to get it out to the 20-yard line. See, that's the kind of stuff we need from the defense to keep doing. You know what I mean? Not only was it a mistake, and that was kind of a stupid thing on his part, but we need the defense to to continue to play like that. Yeah, big play by Sheldon Richardson, and it was crazy, man. That ball got kicked by somebody. It bounced all over the place in the end zone. They could have got caught it in the end zone and got a touchdown, but somehow it goes out the back Mm -hmm. and... Uh, great play by Seattle, and yeah, that changed the game right there because you score that right there, Carson, you're Carson Wentz, and you score that touchdown, it's 10-10 in century. Man, I don't know how many times that rule has helped us in, <laughs> in which they fumble. So if you fumble it in the field and it goes out of bounds, you still have the ball where the ball went out of bounds. 
but it changes when it, you fumble it and it goes into the end zone. Then it becomes a out touchback. The, the it's zone. crazy. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy, but you know what? It's gone in our way a lot of times, you guys know, you know. Um, and it just goes to show, man, this defense, they defend every blade of grass, every inch. And, yes, and that fight, like, I, I start to kind of doubt. They, they start to move the ball on us, but... Then they make a play like that, and it just—it's—it's it's awesome to see, and that's just Seahawks football, man. And you know, just to see that kind of fight and grit, and especially from a first-year player, uh, at least a first-year Seahawk, Seahawk and Sheldon, and Sheldon, it was—it was good to see. It kind of solidified that trade, I think, made by John Schneider. Yes, yeah. sir. And that's going to be one of the big decisions this off-season too. Yeah. That I've—we're going to need to pay that man, or at least make a decision on if we're going to, and. He's going to demand a lot of money coming his way. He's been mm-hmm. playing good football for us. Totally. He's, a, he's an impact player on that on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Now, this was another play that I was happy to see, uh, this little connection. This little connection is is getting kind of cute and it's getting pretty, but check, check this out. Davis, the single setback. Graham slots on the left side. Russell takes the shotgun snap. Four-man rush. Russell looks. Back of the end zone. It's caught by Jimmy Graham. Touchdown, Seahawks in the front near corner of the end zone. As perfect a timing pass from Russell Wilson, as you will see. And Jimmy Graham spins around and makes the catch. An 11-yard score. And the Seahawks take a 9-0 lead over the team with the best record in professional football. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the first, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. was the Beautiful first. Beautiful back shoulder ball to Jimmy. The first touchdown. That yeah. makes it nine, it nine touchdowns for that guy this year, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep, he was lights out. And I think the clear, clearly the best player on the field was Russell Wilson, which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And, you know, last week we were talking MVP conversation. I know, Ike, you had a hot take on Twitter. You want to go ahead and tell us what you said? Yeah. Um, personally, I, I don't think he started the conversation. I don't think he's entered the conversation. I think he ended it. Right there. Yeah, I, I think so. That that just was such a defining win in which the Seahawks were getting slept on, including by their very own, you know? A lot yeah. of people were like, mm-hmm. well... They were looking at the schedule ahead, thinking if we lose this one, what has to happen, kind of thinking in that way. And, man, they just came out and and reminded everyone who the Seahawks really are. And so, and and a lot of that lies on Russell Wilson and the way he played. Yeah. And, you know, I think so many people talking about Carson Wentz, you know, Russell Wilson will never say it, but I know that in his mind, he knows he's better. And so I know he's gearing up for a matchup like that a little extra hard. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's a competitor. Of and, course. And I think, you know, that has to be going through his head. I, I need to be better than this guy. Yep. Here's the thing. I don't think he will be the MVP. I still think he, he will not get voted on to be the MVP. He, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I honestly, and it's not going to be because of his play. It's, it's, it's going to be because of, of the, I don't know what it is, man. It's like a stigma or something about Seattle. Or I mentioned it last time on the last podcast. Yeah. I don't know if it's because we're way up here, but when you see the 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 preseason rankings and they start ranking all the players, some of these people on TV, all these experts, are they still think Russell Wilson is like a third tier quarterback? Like they don't believe he's a it's franchise sad. quarterback. Yeah, like so the, dis- like that makes me so mad. In the top one hundred, they put Dak Prescott ahead. Are you wow. kidding me? Mm-hmm. See, that's the kind of disrespect I mean that he and gets. I I agree. I don't know that he'll win the MVP. I think he has to do something. There's inc- obviously four games left. Yeah. Yeah. There's four games left. And I might have tweeted a- that prematurely, yeah. but like, I think you're right. He has to do something ridiculous and do s- just something 
crazy out of this world it's in order for height him or something like people it, just still see it like yeah. he just doesn't look like and he doesn't everything. look and 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 do things like a normal quarterback so i think people are like Nah, I can't. We can't. This guy can't be the MVP. I, I don't know what else he has to show people, though. He just he looked like the better quarterback against Carson Wentz. He has more yards than Carson Wentz. He's only behind Brady by like 400 yeah. or 300. And Brady just won a game last week with no throw, passing touchdowns. Yeah. And like Russell doesn't score a passing touchdown. Seattle doesn't win right. as many games as it has this year. So I don't know what else he has to show people, but I, I, I honestly believe he can do it. And if he keeps his level of play up, He's he's the clear MVP in my opinion. And going back going back to he doesn't look like a normal quarterback too. I honestly, you guys might think I'm crazy and I'm pulling out the race card, but I think it's another thing too. He's black. I'm I'm being dead serious. Or Cam Newton though. I'm being dead serious. That I think and the I'm thinking and Russell Wilson playing into the way he looks as a quarterback. I think if the NFL can, they'll give it to they'll give it to Tom Brady. They'll give it to somebody else. To be completely honest with you, he just doesn't look like your typical quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the at the end of it, we'll see we'll see what happens. And obviously, you can't put on paper and you're like, oh, he didn't get voted in because he wasn't black, or because he you know because he was black or whatever. But I think you'll you'll see that there's some sort of disrespect against Russell Wilson. I don't know what it is, but I think the big of his, the biggest thing of it is is that he doesn't look like your typical quarterback. Man, he's short. He throws a ball a little weird. You know, he he runs a lot. He doesn't stay in the pocket and throw the ball. <laughs> Every one of all the analysts, major analysts, it makes me so mad. They say, "Oh, this offense is a is a flag football offense. It's not scripted. Everything he I mean? does is unscripted. How long can he keep us up?" And it's like, man. Those same experts said that every all those experts said that Philadelphia was going to win too. So don't put too much stock in what yeah, they're saying. That's true. Obviously. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks played great against the Eagles. Let's hope they can do that um, against the Jaguars. Um, what worries you guys the most uh, about going into into that that next game coming up Sunday? It's the number one defense in the NFL, man. These guys are ball hawks. They're speedy, and honestly, if you think about it, it reminds you a lot of what Seattle was. Um, what seems like a long time ago, uh, came from a from the same system with Gus Bradley, obviously um, being the coach there formerly. But now they got a new head coach, and it's still the same kind of concepts. I think they do a, a cover three, kind of like what Seattle does. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they got a shutdown corner and Jalen Ramsey. A lot of the same things. Uh, really, really athletic linebackers and a front that's scary with uh headed by Calais Campbell which is someone we're we're uh, accustomed to when yeah. he played over here in the in with the, the NFC West with the Cardinals yeah and so Russell's got his work cut out for him the whole entire offense does and if you guys think he's been running for his life these past couple games it's going to be one where he's going to have to prove it and I think he's going to show a, gr- a a great game this this weekend yeah. uh, did you guys hear about what he did um to prepare for the game he uh he's never played in Jacksonville, so he googled as much pictures as he could. He's been talking to a sports psychologist, <laughs> seeing where the clock where the was. Clock yeah, that's something that I, I remember watching an interview a long time that's ago. Greatness. He did the same thing in college, man. This guy's he's never changed. He's been the same guy. Yeah, uh, he always has been. Has the same mentality, same preparation, and just like what he says, you know, the separations and the preparation. We're gonna see it come Sunday, and I think he's gonna have a, a big game and and continue to prove why he's the MVP this year. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a tough test for sure. 
I think I'll agree with you there too. It's the only thing that really scares me about the Jaguars would would be their offense and I mean their defense, their defense not their yeah, offense. Not heck their no. Offense. Uh, but uh, their defense, I think they have the best one-two combo as far as cornerbacks go. Man, AJ Bouye and and Jalen Ramsey. That's definitely the best combo back there. Um, and just solid all around. And I would know. I have them on my fantasy team, and and they consistently do great stuff. They score a lot and. And if you look at the game against the Steelers, the Steelers only have two losses, and one of them was against mm-hmm. the five interceptions on, yeah. on Ben Roethlisberger so, that day. Um, and yeah, obviously, that's advantage. a bad game. But um, I think that's what the Seahawks are preparing for the most is that that defense. Mm-hmm. And they got a big trash talker over there in Jalen Ramsey too. Yeah, I saw that. Did you guys see he was uh, he was calling out Doug Baldwin. So that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch. He said. Yeah. Uh, Baldwin, I mean, he he's like he's good, but he ain't Larry Fitzgerald because he yeah. just played Larry Fitzgerald last week, and yeah. I think Larry had a touchdown. But um, and that's a, that yeah. type of stuff, though. I like that. Oh yeah, because I feel like that's the type of stuff that fuels his team. Oh yeah, yep. You know, like Doug Baldwin just coming in as 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 a nobody, you know, and getting told he's a nobody his whole look life. Who he is now, yeah. Yeah. And look at what he's at now. You yeah. know, I feel like that type of stuff fuels this this team. So I think I hope nothing weird happens in that flight or anything like that. You know. And they can get over there just fine, and because I think that's a big difference too, man. You're flying like cross country. Yeah, that's dude. another thing that would scare me. I guess would be those cross country games. You know, they played that yeah. one game against the Titans earlier in the year. Right. They just looked sloppy and, and took check, a loss. Double check the time though. I feel like they didn't. They the changed it. Time. They moved yeah, they it to one thirty. It. it was going to be at, at you know an earlier game, and now yeah, they changed it. Yeah, they changed it, it so it's four thirty over there, I think. Yeah, and one thirty here. Which so is it, there it 10 should, yeah, it should feel relatively normal, but obviously. Uh, flying probably still takes a toll on you. Yeah. yeah. So what does Seattle have to do, guys, in your opinion, to come out with a win this game? What are the big matchups? Obviously, their defense is tough, but I think we all can agree that their offense is vulnerable. we got Blake Bortles at quarterback. I mean, Leonard Fournette's a stud rookie running back, but I don't think he's... He's on a bad like ankle. This. Yeah. He's been averaging like three yards a carry, I think, yeah. the last couple games. So, yeah, I think, honestly... We need to stack the box against the run because Blake Bortles, I mean, make him beat you. Yeah. And that's probably not going to happen. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say that we're going to blow them out. I feel like it's going to be a relatively close yeah, game, low scoring. It's one like of those three, ugly, three, boring three. ones. Yeah. yeah. I but I think that's what we need to do is contain the box, uh, stop the run because that's what they're going to rely on. Make Blake Bortles beat you. And if he does, then, oh, wow. But, um and then obviously just uh, execute on the plays that you can against that defense. Take what you can, be smart with it, because mm-hmm. they will cost turnovers, and I think you should be fine. Right. For me, I think the biggest thing is going to, and it's going to be a tough thing to do, but I think if you can protect Russell Wilson, and if you can allow him a little bit of time, man, just give him just, just a little bit of time to make, because you know he's going to carry the team, man. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't, I don't see Russell, I don't see the, the Seahawks establishing a, a run game at all. Like, come on, there's like four games left, and we've been talking about this non-present run game, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's out. What I do like that they did, um, and I, I don't know, I'm sure they've been doing it more, but I just noticed it, is they do this little, they, they pass it out, these little short passes out screens. to the running, these little screens to the running backs, and the running backs are basically running with it. So it's like a run, but it's not a run. <laughs> I don't know. I just started noticing that they do it more and how successful, you know, some of those can be. So, but I feel like if you can protect Russell Wilson from getting hit, I forget who it was, but one of their, one of the, one of their defensive linemen has the most sacks in his own career is against Russell Wilson. 
I was trying to find who that player was. Probably Calais Campbell, I'm guessing. But I feel like one of those guys just has a day when he plays Russell Wilson. And so I, I think that's Calais because yeah. he's played him quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So if if they can protect Russell Wilson, then I think honestly we're gonna give our shot. I sh- I sh- we have a, a clear shot it's at winning. It's gonna be a tough game. one. I think the most important thing, um, obviously, what you guys said, you know, um, protect Russell Wilson and Ike. What was yours? You said. Uh, uh, Stop the run. Stop and, the run. Yeah. Uh, I think those are important, but I think probably the most important thing is to protect the ball. Uh, like we like we mentioned, this is a ball hawk defense. They're athletic, and they cause havoc on whatever team they play, you know. They create a lot of turnovers and, and know how to score off of that as well. So I think the single most important thing is to protect the ball because if you get down early on a turnover or get, you know, two touchdowns early, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really, really tough to claw back in this type of battle. So, uh, keep like you guys said, you know, keep it a close game. I see it going down to the wire, honestly, yeah, too. Yeah, I see Russell Wilson 17, winning it, 17-14, maybe like even a 13-10 game. Real ugly, nasty. 12-9 or something, uh, yeah. Grind it out type of game. And, yeah, I think whoever takes care of the football is going to win this game, and it's going to be one of those late fourth quarter uh, drives from, from Russell Wilson that's going to be uh, – have to happen to separate it. Um, I could even see overtime going. But, yeah, I, I'm confident in that our defense can't take advantage of, of this offense, especially if we can stop the run. Yeah, that's why it's, then, that's so important. Just one last thing to throw out there. Um, the Jaguars are fairly beat up, especially on offense. Um, you, they got Allen Robinson, out, who's been out and is out for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, Allen Hearns isn't going to be suiting up for this one. So that's basically their top two guys. Um, they're gonna have to rely on uh, Marquis Lee, Dee Westbrook, yeah. and so those ain't guys that are gonna blow you away. So Jalen Ramsey might be talking crap about Doug Baldwin, but he's got to look at his own receivers right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think you know it's not gonna be super tough to hold their offense. the The big thing is is can our offense get going against exactly, their great yeah. defense? Yeah. Uh, and then I had one question, just out of curiosity. I saw this poll on Twitter, and it's such a good question. Which first-year Seahawk has made the biggest impact? Shaquille, oh, yeah, Shaquille yeah. Griffin, Dwayne Brown, Brown, Bradley McDougal. Man. Um, Was Richardson one of them, too? Sheldon Richardson. And obviously you can throw in other guys, uh but uh, I, I know that the, the highest vote on there was Shaq Griffin, and I got to agree. But, um, I mean, if you if you think about it, ha- a lot of these guys have made a big impact. Obviously, some more than others because they've been here longer. Sheldon and uh, and uh, Shaq have been here on more games, but Dwayne Brown has made a huge impact in only the three games that, that he's been Apparently, here. Uh, in the three games that he's been back, we've been like the 10th. Ranked offensive yeah. line, so it's I, ridiculous. I, I think a lot of people would tend to say Shaq because you know he's filled in such a huge void. That's that what I'm gonna say. Or Sheldon because he's made plays and right. and helped the defensive front that's been great against the run. Uh, but I think it, if you really measure it on to the impact Brown? of what they had, it's Dwayne Brown in my opinion because yeah, I'm right that offensive you. line made a bad offensive line to trash to average uh, uh, serviceable. So and I, I think would go Dwayne Brown. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the things too, and we said this when when we got when we acquired him. But I think one of the things that you don't see on the field um, that you get from a person like Dwayne Brown is that the fact that anybody else on the offensive line can look at this guy like a leader, yo. Mm-hmm. That's like true. this guy's been there. So he knows what it takes to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think it changes the stigma of a whole 
the offensive line has to work together. Exactly, and I think that's one thing that you're going to continue to see as the season progresses. Obviously, we've done this in the past couple of years. We get better as the season goes on, and more now, especially because we have this premier left tackle. But it's continuity that that yep. builds an offensive line and, and makes them play to a higher standard. And uh, Jermaine Effetti, just like you were saying, he's looked up to this guy all yeah. his career. He gave him his jersey number, man. So there is an amount of respect there for that guy and who he is, and you're going to see this line continue to get better, and that's only going to make our offense that much better and and produce uh, more scoring and and more things that we like to see from Russell Wilson. Right, I agree. So getting into uh, the rest of um, what, what's going on with the rest of the NFL, um, I don't know if you can if you know you guys can pull up the playoff picture and what are you guys um, thinking. Did you guys watch any other football? Any other? I know we watched the Thursday night football game yesterday. I don't. I know both of you guys were watching that game. Yeah. I was watching it just for solely fantasy purposes. Uh-huh. The Falcons won. And they're they're staying in it, so we got to stay on top of our our side of football too. Yeah, yeah. Right I was going to ask you guys: Is that a good or a bad thing? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's not. It's kind of indifferent because, the, if, in all reality, they're still fighting for that um, yeah. NF, NFC South. The, it's wide open over there, man. Even Carolina's in it, so yeah. I I would say I would lean towards it's bad, a little bit, just because they hold the tiebreaker over us. That's true. That's yeah. true. Now another thing, since we're talking about the just around you know around the NFL, what do you guys prefer to see or warm worried about um, this week? A Rams loss or an Eagles loss? So I know this might be a controversial opinion, but I kind of want the um, I kind of want the Eagles to. What am I thinking? To win. Kind of want the Eagles to win, yeah. Because even though it would give no, 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 no. See that that would be the popular opinion, right? Because then we take the division over. Right. I kind of want to see the Rams win. Really? Because here's why. Here's why. So you got, might think I'm crazy, but we're only one game behind the Rams. We take care of business, and if the Rams win, that brings the Eagles down to what nine, ten, and three. Mm-hmm. Nine and three, yeah. And so three. they're even closer to us. I believe with my whole heart that we can beat the Rams next week. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be at home, it's an important game. Russell Wilson shows up for these types of games. Uh-huh. I believe that we'll take care of them. That way, we have for sure the tiebreaker of them because we beat them twice. Now we are in the division lead, and not only that, but we're only one game behind the Eagles for a possible first round bye. So yeah, that's that's what I. It took me a while there to gather my thoughts, but that's what I want to see. I want to see the Rams win. Because right. I'm just believe with my whole heart that we're gonna beat them next week, and then guess what? Same record, and and uh, we have a tiebreaker over them, so yeah. we jump into the, not only the division lead but the bye, possible bye week. I honestly, I think we're gonna. What do we have? Four games left. Yeah, I think we're gonna lose one game. You think so? Yeah. Okay, I, so I, we got uh, Jacksonville. We got the Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys and then the Cardinals. Cardinals. Which one? I, well, I definitely don't think it's gonna be the Cardinals. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that that Rams game. To be honest with you, okay, you're not as confident. Not as confident. That's why I would really want the Eagles to take care of them. No, yeah, <laughs> obviously, because it is important. If, if I, I think if right they, now, all I'm worried about is just getting that division, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's true. Yeah, because I understand. Because if the if the Rams do win and then they beat us, then we're in a tough situation, right? Because we don't got the division anymore. So I think, and we don't got a, a maybe not at that a point. You're just spot. battling, yeah. you know, just trying to get in. Yeah. And so I think you guys would agree with this. It just all depends on what the Seahawks do tomorrow. Because yeah. if they lose, then you probably want the Eagles to beat the Rams so you don't lose anything in the in the West. But if the Seahawks win, you'd probably want the Rams to win so you can go fight for that first round by uh, probably head, yeah. most likely the second seed because yeah, looks like, yeah. you know, looks Minnesota's like uh, flying right Which now. Which even so. then, they're only, are they a two-loss team or a three-loss team? Two-loss. Two-loss. So, and people in that division are still fighting for their lives. I think the Lions are like, 
pushing. I, I think even the Packers have a chance. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers coming back. People are pumped. Losing their first if game this can, week. I believe they're going to lose <laughs> to the Browns too. But uh, yeah, man. So there's there's a lot of implications, obviously, with whatever happens. But if you believe, I think, it, um, in in my opinion, if you believe that Seattle can take care of business, yeah, then you want. The, the the Rams to win yeah. because then it all comes down to you and them next week. Who's that better? makes sense? Mano a mano, and uh, I just don't think we can take care of it. I think one of these four games we're gonna lose. I don't know if it's on Sunday, or I don't know if it's against the, the you Rams. know the Rams. But I definitely I just think the one of the things you have to take into consideration is how long the season is. You know what I mean? People are getting tired. It, oh yeah, it takes a toll on you. You know what I mean? And I'd rather honestly. Just have a secure spot. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would want. And and that's one thing that worries me about this weekend actually is the fact that we just played an emotional and tough game on last Sunday night. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that that kind of game will, will drain you and it'll it'll kind of bleed into the next week. So I, we just gotta hope that the Seahawks can take care of business on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and if they can do that, I think they position themselves to to make a. Uh, Make a nice little last stretch for that second spot in the in the division. Well, we typically play our best ball in December, so yeah. Russ has so. been saying that too in his press conferences. So I believe it, man. And and you guys might think I'm crazy, but I want I want the Rams to win because I want them next week. Yeah, that is crazy, line. man. I don't know that. I, I wish they would have flexed at the Sunday night. No, they they didn't. Huh? They already nah, confirmed. They already. It. Yeah. That sucks. Sucks. Um. So we talked a little bit about the Browns. You think they're gonna go? Uh, you think they're gonna lose the rest? <laughs> no, I think they're gonna win this you week. Honestly, think I mean, it's this week. Josh think so. Gordon, man, or the not Bears. Only he's they on play my the Bears fantasy too. team, but I legit watched film review on him. Kaiser missed two deep balls wide open. This guy, this guy could have had two touchdowns in like 150 yards. And I think you see him score this week. It's good to have him back in the NFL. He's a otherworldly talent, man. No lie. Like not even just because he's on my fantasy team for real. He's he's not played football for three years, and he comes back and. Catches four balls for 85 yards, and he could have had so much more. Yeah, just shows you what kind of a freak athlete he is. And the Packers are allowing crazy yards to the receivers, and we'll see, we'll see, man. But the Packers do have a lot on the line because if they win, they got Aaron Rodgers back, and they believe that they can make a run too. So yeah. this Packer, is gonna be a fun week of football, man. This Packers time of year lose. is fun. Yeah, I think they lose too. Yeah. Well, anything, any other things that um, that came up? Around the NFL that you guys wanted to talk about? Just uh, prayers up for Ryan Shazier. Oh, man, that was sad, yeah. Yeah, that... that he made a tackle, leading with his head, right. head down. It didn't even look and horrible. Then, like, I feel like see, I've seen that so dude, many he, times. He had to, like, twist over and... He, like, he, he, just held he his back. He immediately went to his back. Yeah, and you could just see his legs were, like, kind of dangling. It was... it's uh, it, Honestly, it was scary but to see, from, man. From reports that I'm hearing, like, uh, what I've seen on Twitter and stuff, uh, I think he's having some movement in his he lower does, extremities. He does, yeah. So... Looks like he'll be okay, but I don't know about football anymore. I don't think he's, yeah. That's I don't think, crazy, even man. mentally though, like let's say you do have the ability, I don't know that you'll ever be the same player again. Right. I don't know that you'll, you're not going to be the same person again. And you know, these guys go out there and I think when you see something like that, I bet they don't, they don't want to play anymore. It's because I've, I've had a crazy injury like that happen when I was in high I school. I would say otherwise. And you know, I think at least from, obviously I'm not a professional athlete, but from that moment, you don't. You just want don't want to play anymore, and you're scared, and you think, man, if that happened to me, so um. But that just shows you the type of game these guys play, and any wrong tackle, any wrong movement, any uh, anything that you don't do correctly can potentially yeah. end your career like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's really sad, man, and hopefully a speedy recovery for this guy. And that's a really scary. scary that moment. sucks, man. It's cutting his career short. Um, I was looking into him a little bit. You know, I don't I don't follow that team a whole lot. I don't follow him a whole lot. 
But this kid was good. He was. You know, Ohio like State, he had boy, he had a, had a bright you know football future ahead of him. So it's just it sucks to see that just go away because of this injury. You know, right? So do you think? Um, aside from that, see, uh, I think they actually want to keep playing and they play even harder. If for you their, were watching their, that yeah. game, man, that game uh, got dude, that, that game was, was stupid, man. You think so? That game was stupid. That game was just fun. The way those, I feel like some of those guys that were just hitting like that and playing it that way, not just all passion, but it's almost like like the rivalry just gets yeah. Them, they really do. Like at, at what point the juju block, which actually wasn't that dirty, the Antonio hit in the end zone though. That that one was a little head. dirty. Yeah, it was just, targeting to the head. Um, I I will say I think he was trying to make a play on the ball, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he probably could have done it lower. But then again, that's same full could speed. Be said for, and same could be said for the juju play. Too. Yeah, that juju one. I think the only dirty part about it was the way he stood over. The, yeah, taunting. Like the taunting. You don't gotta but do that, dude. I don't think the block was and if you dirty at the all. Press conference after the game, Ben Roethlisberger said that's AFC North football, so it's been like that. And he said next week, you know, they got a game. <laughs> this week they got a game against the Ravens, so it's probably gonna be another one like more that. Dirty football. So that's is that fun to watch though? Do people want to see that? Honestly, here's the I thing think it's fun I to think, watch. If you think about it, back in the day, I, I, football was like this all the time, and people would encourage it, like. Go knock a guy out, you know. But I think now with all the education and, and knowledge we've gained, um, and people know, you know, the long term effects that can can it can cause on on a pe- person's life after mm-hmm. football. Uh, I think people see it in a different light. But it, you, I, I get where you're coming from, Mike, because it used to be entertaining for people, and it probably still is. I mean, I think about the Cam Chancellor hit on Vernon Davis all the time. Like watching that man, you jump off your couch and you're screaming and yeah. But if you think about, you know. We know all with CTE and all those things and right. advanced technology. Yeah. Like people's lives are really in danger. And I don't know. There's a level. There's a level to the yeah. hits for me, man. There's a level when you're just trying to go over there and just you know freaking make a guy's head fall out. You just fly out. Like there's a level. Like to he this. has a family. He has kids. You know, it's a well, life. But here's the thing. Um, I think they know what they're going into when they sign up to play this sport. That's Not true. when they sign That's up, true. but when they uh, declare for the draft. They know that this is their livelihood, and they know that it's a it's a just a full contact violent it's legit violent um, sport, and so I I would say that yeah some of these hits are uncalled for, and obviously a lot of the times it leads to an unfortunate events later on in life. But man, that's just the nature of football. Right, it's, it's just violent and and tough, and a lot of people can't watch it. But I think. If they know and f- with full consent, you know, what they're going into, then they, they're going to go in there. They're going to play hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, there's a lot of good football to be watching, a lot of stuff to keep updated. Um, if you want to know exactly what, what we're tweeting about and what we're watching, um, follow us on Twitter. I'm It's David Fabian. I'm at Sam Nunez Jr. And I'm at Ike Barajas. Let's watch some good football this weekend. And, okay. um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll hit you back up uh, next week. Mm-hmm.